When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Off the Bench with Jason Matthews. We take the best bits from this week's sports day and give them a run. Yes, welcome to Off the Bench. The true meaning of Off the Bench. Producer Jack here stepping in for Jace, who is away on a couple of days holidays. You know, he works hard, Jace. He deserves it. Also, he tells us. On the show, we have swapped the self-appointed fourth best cricket journalist for the first. Yes, Robert Crash Craddock is on the show, chief cricket writer for the Courier Mail. On the test team of the year, looking at who was in, who was out, looking at who maybe has been snubbed. Uh, we also chat uh, with the Gold Coast Titans winger Karina Brown on the CBA. She's an NRLW player, has represented not only uh, the Gold Coast Titans, but also Australia and Queensland in the state of origin. And just chatting about the uncertainty that the players feel with no security as the CBA still not signed. Badge and Jace catch up with Barney and the Professor and tips and previews from Chris Nelson for Racing Queensland. But we'll start off with the number one cricket journalist in the country, Robert Crash Craddock. Robert Crash Craddock is joining us on the line. G'day, Crash. How are Crash. you, mate? G'day, Gary. Good to talk to you, mate, uh, Matt. Yeah, actually, Badge, your name came up yesterday. I was talking to my old mate Bernie Pramberg, and he said he ran into you at the races out. Was it deep water or right out west? He did. the great. I hadn't seen Bernie for many years. What a, what a champion uh, journalist and referee he was back in the day. And we had a, we had a good chat, yeah, at the deep water races. He's... Um, Hell of a good guy, isn't he? Did you have some mail you got out there to back oh, something yeah. on track? I, I actually, I should have told Bernie, I, I got a good tip for the last. <laughs> right. And it flew home 15 rounds, but I didn't see it. He disappeared oh. by then. I don't know where he was. Anyway, Crash. Um, <laughs> isn't it great? Yeah. yeah, it is. Oh, they're great, great. Uh, the country race means. Hey, we were um, plenty to talk to you about what's going on in Australian cricket and uh, getting ready for the big trip and uh, over to India and the Brisbane heat today. But, um, the team of the year, the ICC team of the year announced today, and this is selected by media, I believe. Um, any any surprises yeah. in that? Four Aussies that have made the team? Yeah, no, I, I actually like the team. And strange enough, the one selection I really like, Gary, is the most underrated of all of them, the West Indian opener, Craig Brathwaite, who only played six or seven tests for the year. The West Indies don't play many. But he's just an old-fashioned test opener in this world of helter-skelter, and he's got a lot of guts. And I'll tell you one thing. Uh, people may see his name there and say, gee, he's in elite company. I'll tell you who won't say that. The Australian bowlers who bowled to him this summer. They, they liked him. You know, they just right. thought, good gutsy player. But look, the, the team as a whole, I love having a 40-year-old Jimmy Anderson in there from England. He was terrific throughout the year. You know, and, and to be going yeah. at that age, is it really happening? Are we really seeing that? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, and guys like yeah. Barbara Zane shows himself. And, yeah, it was, a good, it was a good team. So there's no, no omissions there that you thought were unlucky not to be, in, not, not to be a part of that team crash? No, I, I didn't, Matt. I thought that um, Joe Root was a very high run scorer, but England played a lot of tests, you know. Yeah. 
and, and there's been a bit of controversy. Like people say, oh, Pat Cummins, who lost only one test, uh, was not the captain. But honestly, honestly, Ben Stokes' effort to transform England from a team who had won two out of their last 16 tests when he took over. And when he took over, there was only two players certain of selection in the team, him and Joe Root. And he's led them to, I think, is it seven wins out of eight or eight out of nine? I'll get it wrong. But and playing this Cavalier brand of cricket. For mine, as brilliant as Pat Cummins was, and he's been very steady and underrated at the helm of Australian team, this this daring do with England are playing now under Stokes made him not just the captain of this year, but the most astonishing captaincy performance we've seen, Matt, for many, many years. Wow. Mm. If, they, if they had a, cap, a coach of the year, who would that be? Yeah, gee, that's a good question. I, I, I would, without doubt, it would have to be Brendan McCullum, the England yeah, coach. Yeah, yeah. Baseball. He, he was the one who liberated him. And look, you, you blokes uh, know far more about sport than, than I ever would. But when a guy walks into your dressing room, and uh, look, I saw this revealing uh, quote from Stuart Broad on the commentary where he said, uh, I, he said, I've not seen Brendan McCullum make one negative statement to a player since he came in. Everything's positive. If you say, oh, I've got a weakness, he goes, that's okay, mate. We'll sort that out. Go concentrate on your strengths. We'll be right. Like, if you, you at various stages, both of you, would have had that coach who believed in you, who mm. said, you know, I trust you. Just, just go out and play, mate. And if you fail, I don't really care. We'll be right. Yeah. You know, and it's liberated England, and it's shown what a mental game cricket really is. Well, yeah, well, mentioning Pat Cummings and, and, and the captaincy and, and the like, uh, there was, there was claims earlier in the year that he costs a $40 million deal with the Linter Energy. Um, he's saying they're rubbish. Uh, I mean, you're on the inside of cricket. You know what, what's going on. What, what's the story here, Crash? Is, is there more to it than we know? Or? Yeah, well, actually, no, no man, I, I do believe him. He, I actually, that was my uh, interview I did with Pat yesterday yeah. that went in the, up on the website today. And basically, Pat, in an interview at the start of the season, said, yeah, I care about climate change. I care about the... Uh, companies we associate with and uh, Alinter Energy were coming towards the end of their deal and they, Alinter Energy, decided to go in a different direction. But Pat copped a lot of grief because everyone thought, oh, you've cost us this deal, and he didn't. But I have to say this, and he knows it himself. Pat is walking... It's, It's a tough balancing act being an Australian captain and standing for something in your private life. Like, they're not mutually exclusive. You can't be two different people, but it is tough because this is what happens, okay? When we have a story in the paper like we have today about Pat Cummins and his uh, climate change uh, crusade, uh, it splits splits Australia into two. If you're between the ages of 20 or 30, you'd say, I like this. I like this guy. Yeah, he's good. If you're my age, 60 and above, you see all the comments at the bottom of the story. Ah, he's too woke. Ah, you know, worry about captain the country. So, and he knows that too. It's divided Australia. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it is. It's a it's a very very tricky one. But I, I imagine they're not short on sponsors as well. Cricket Australia crash. Hey, um, now he's well, done. So yeah, go on. It's an interesting one though, Baz. They, they don't take him for granted. Like they, 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 they're not. It's not quite as routine as you think. Like, you know, they were $10 million a year, uh, Olympia Energy, and the $10 million a year boys are pretty discerning, yeah. Yeah, pretty rare. Yeah, mm. righto. 
Now, he's, he has done an amazing job as captain, and they've, so. they've played great, um, especially most recently. Uh, is he up against something, you know, incredibly difficult with this upcoming tour to India? To India? Well, the stats are there, aren't they? India have lost one of their last 30 series at home, and Australia have won there once since 1970. So, so <laughs> that's an extraordinary... That's insane, but, I, but I, look, I'm here to tell you, it, 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 I honestly believe they can do it. I, I really do, because this Indian side, to me, it's been playing weak opposition, and, and, and it's vulnerable. Like Their yeah. opener, Shubran Gill, he averages 30. K.L. Rowell averages 30. Umra, there's no wicketkeeper, Rishabh Pant, that brilliant haymaker who destroyed Australia at the Gabba. He's had a car accident, and he's out. Mm. So, But there's one thing I don't like. One thing I don't like, Gaz, I, look, I, they've got Cameron Green there as an all-rounder. It's wonderful. Nathan Lyons is a spinner, fine. But when you get there one week before the first test and you don't have a lead-up game, as Michael Clark said today, you, you're just a bit exposed because yeah. th- this much is certain. If you start slowly, you never reel India in on home soil. You've got to be in front of them and hop and paddle for dear life if they don't get you in the last test. So to go there one week out from the first test, no lead-up game, if Coley scores 120 on the first day and India win, you're just not going to find yourself winning the series. Yeah, it's a tough well, place yeah. to come from behind. So with the, with the, the makeup of the, the team crash, uh, obviously spin plays a huge role over there. Um, Lions going to be you know mm. our, our main spinner. Do you, do you think we'll run with two spinners or just stick with the pace? Or, or, or if we do run with two, who will partner yes. Lyon? Because Hagar, I think he had his rehearsal at Sydney and he didn't quite. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't see what I would have loved to have seen. You know, building great confidence going over to India. Yeah, it's a good point, Matt. I thought the same. Uh, there was no bite in his bowling. Uh, yeah. But I still think they will go with him in the first test. I'm hoping they give Mitchell Swepson a run, but there's something against his chances, and I'll tell you what it is. Shane Warne, the great Shane Warne, averaged 43 runs per wicket in India. And they've always thought, if Warne can't crack India, uh, how, will, how will Swepson go? It's a finger spinner's uh, finger spinners do well there. There yeah. was one home wrist spinner for India called Anil Kumble who took 350 yeah. wickets there. Went right. But he was he was a sort of a sharp and he put the ball in. So yeah, but I, I think it'll be that's the pecking order: Lyon, um, Agar, and Swepson, and they will play two, maybe even three in the first right. test. But isn't that isn't that the and I think you might have told us said this to us Crash recently that that's their forte. They play spin so well. Wouldn't we be better off? hitting it with more more of a, a pace attack and, and swing attack? Yep. Well, it, that's the thing. When Australia won there in 2004, they said, you know what? We've got three outstanding fast bowlers at the peak of their form, McGrath, Kaspervitz, and Gillespie. Let's just go with them and warn. And it worked. They yep. barely bowled a bat over. They kept it tight. They had this brilliant game plan where they bowled to India's strengths pulled to their legs and then plugged the leg side. And they may try that again. Well, but I, I, it, it is a very good point you make because, like, you're dropping who? Joss Hazelwood for Agar? Ooh, mm. bit of a gamble, that one. I was pretty impressed mm. with Travis Head's spin in the last test. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he he he, he, well, he, he got a little a bit point. of bite and a little bit of flight and bounce. I mean, if we needed another spinner, we could mm. use him. And I t- yeah, I, I think they will do that. And we had to do these predictions for the tour, and I predicted him to take between seven and ten test wickets. And what what he does do, he 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 just bowls with a bit of snap. Yep. Now in Sydney, it was apparent, wasn't it, that yep. he had more snap than Agar. That that may change, but I know they've said to Travis, work on your finger spin. And I wouldn't be surprised in the nets, in the big bash, when he's been bowling with the white ball, occasionally he does what Mitchell Swepson's been doing over the last week, just change to a red one. It's a different ball over there. It's an SG, it's called an SG ball, but it, 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 he's, oh, look, it's a, it, it, he'll take seven to ten wickets. You watch. Mm. Yeah. Right, uh, hey, you just mentioned the BBL. Did you watch the uh, the Brisbane Heat blow their chance of hosting <laughs> a final this afternoon against the Hurricanes? <laughs> Not the way it to go. Hasn't it hasn't been a wonderful to... tournament. And, and yep. No, you, you're right, Gary. Look, it, it's just, 20, what was it? 18 runs of 24 balls with six wickets remaining, and they couldn't do it. The problem was, they were. it was a difficult wicket, and a runner ball was quite difficult to get. So they had to find a way to get ahead to get that quite... It, like, you didn't want to be chasing 10 off 11, which they were. They mm. just couldn't get them. Uh, two things I'll say about it. Gee, it's been a good big bash. I mean, that was compelling viewing today. That that was great. It's been the best big bash in six years, I reckon. And two, I really love dodgy decks in cricket. Like I just <laughs> think they add so much to it. Like yeah. that little, that crazy, wacky, stupid shootout today. You couldn't look away. It was terrific. So you loved the Brisbane Test then? <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a crazy. Oh, I did. I did, and, and quite quite unashamedly. And the thing is, Gary. You don't want five decks like that in your test match summer. But as we went around the country, I thought Brisbane was the most compelling test of all. Like it was, it was, it was bat crazy mad. But I, 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 those sort of wickets, if it had gone into the third day, no one would have cared. If it had gone into after lunch, but South Africa would just show poor. But I, I just think cricket in twenty over cricket and fifty over cricket, they give the wickets to the batsmen. So what's wrong with the occasional change of theme in Test cricket where you get this beautifully, you know, the pot pourri and a wicket turning to dust and, and you know, it's great. <laughs> it's just a lovely change yeah. of tempo. Yeah. No, just just to finish finish with your crush, I've got I've got to ask you this question. The Duckworth Lewis system. We've been talking about stupid rules. We've been talking about stupid sport. rules in sport. And I I mean it just confuses the heck out of me every time I hear it. Do you know how does it, how does this whole thing work? Is there a better way to is do there it? A better way? Is there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you got an hour? <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, not quite. Understand it, but I, I I can't. But I will say this: it, it's it's better than the previous system. Um. It, it, but it's not flawless. Every now and then it comes up with something, and you just think, like it, it takes into the resources you've got left. If you're chasing a total of a hundred and twenty. And you've got all 10 wickets in hand and you're none for 40. Well, it's generous to you. If you lost three or four wickets, it's not so generous. But I, I tried to get someone to explain it with him, uh, to me. And after 15 mi- minutes, Matt, my head started thumping. I had to lie down. <laughs> uh, yeah. Have you met Duckworth, Lewis, or both? Uh, no, no, I don't want him over for dinner. I don't think it would be very compelling <laughs> it company. It could be a trip. Yeah, no, might be a good sleeping uh, pill. <laughs> good on you, Crash. Hey, it's Thanks, always Crash. Uh, always a pleasure talking yeah. to you, mate, and uh, you're uh, filling us with all your, your cricket knowledge, mate. Great great chatting, and, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll catch up with you again soon. 
My pleasure. Thanks, Badge. Thanks, Matt. See you. Bye. See you, this is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. They go short side and Griffin oh, along good. the ground. It's rolling. Brown's going to score. Karina Brown with a great chase. Badge, of course, the CBA with the RLPA. God, there's a lot of uh, letters what here. What does that mean? Uh, Bank of Australia. Yeah, that's right, with the Rugby League Players Association. Uh, no, the, look, the, the negotiations are still going on with the men, and here we are sitting at, what, what are we now, nearly the end of January, mm-hmm. well and truly into the third week of January, and the NRLW players don't know when their competition is starting and don't know their conditions for their contracts. This seems to happen most years, and I, I just, I, I'm frustrated for them. It's appalling, to be honest. Yep. What would you want to work for a workplace like that if they're going to treat you like that? Well, if they had other options, I reckon a few of them, a lot of them wouldn't. Yeah, true. Maybe there are options overseas. I'm not too sure. Karina Brown, who's uh, an NRLW player with the Gold Coast Titans, joining us now on Sports Day. G'day, Karina. Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. Um, Everybody that I speak to about this, thinks the treatment that you guys, or you girls, I should say, are receiving is absolutely appalling. Are we are we on the money here? Well, you know, it definitely is tough, and you're right, we do and have experienced this every year, and that's why we were excited and, you know, we knew how important the CBA was. So over the next five years, we don't experience this anymore. Um, but to still be in this position in January, yeah, it's disheartening. When's your competition supposed to start, Karina? Is it, is it supposed to be mid-season, May or June? Yeah, so there's the, ten, the same um, state of origin sort of middle of the year for us um, and then it's sort of looking to go into pre-season um, and then the NRLW. But there's four new NRLW teams now, so there's going to be a lot of player movement um, and a lot of people that will have to relocate. So to be sitting in here January, you know, not knowing what that'll look like for yourself, um, you know, it's quite brings on a lot, quite a lot, quite a lot of anxiety for the group, um, and you know, not not knowing where you're going to be. So, is part of this, uh, you you're also, a players not signed to clubs effectively? Are, are there are there any players signed definitely to play for their clubs in 2023, or is it is it sort of open slather until you know what's going on with the salary cap and and the, and the competition dates? Yeah, I I only know of two players that signed sort of a multi-year deal um, last season, uh, but that can be renegotiated, I believe. You know, when the CBA comes into place, so the, everyone else though is um, off contract, and there's going to be you know another hundred players new to the NRLW um, that won't have a contract either. So yeah, def- definitely a difficult time for everyone, you know, especially the clubs as well, because they can reach out to you, but they can't offer anything. Mm. So you know, no one can. Make- I heard Ali Brigginshaw this morning on SDNQ with Patton Hills, and she was saying there's a couple of sticking points. She said it's not necessarily about money. It's about conditions and policy. She said, for example, we don't have any health insurance because we're not signed with a club. That's correct? That is correct, exactly. So it's not just about salary. Um, we've had limited protections and like limited rights, you know, over the last five years, and that's what we want to secure in the CBA. Um, so you've got something that you can take to the NRL that they are then bound by. Uh, and private health is one of those. So we actually 
do need to play local league football. Um, some people think we only play NRLW, you know, just a short period of the year, but we're actually playing rugby league the whole um, the whole year. So with our current local leagues, um, let's just say, for example, I play in a few weeks' time for round one locally and I did my ACL. That means I wouldn't be able to make any contract money for the rest of the year because I'm not signed to a club. Um, just to compare that to the men for a moment, you know, if they did their ACL, they're still going to be paid by the Roosters, Storm, um, Titans. Um, you know, so they guarantee the money, but that would be us for the rest of the year. So that's what we're after really is, you know, a 12-month contract um, so we can be supported and we mm. know we're going to get looked for. And I don't really think that's too much to ask for, to be honest, um, in, a, in a sport that, you know, does have a high probability of getting injured. As, as a member of the RLPA, the, the Players Association, and, and look, when I played, Karina, it wasn't very strong at all. It was pretty disjointed. And it's only, I think, in probably the last decade that there's been a bit of um, unity there and some, and some more strength. Do you sense that this is, um, this is a bigger issue than perhaps the NRL themselves realise? I would suggest so. Um, and it's great that we have this unity. It's, yeah, we would have seen a few comments. It's definitely um, the most united playing groups been, men and women together. You know, we were really unfortunate five years ago because the NRLW didn't exist in 2017 when the last CBA was signed. So moving into 2018, you know, we've had nothing the last five years. Um, and so the men, you know, they think it's fair and so does everyone else, you know, that we um, are part of the CBA and do have a CBA and one that is going to look after us for the next five years. You know, it's not just for the playing group now, but there's so much young talent coming through. You know, there's under 15 programs, under 17, under 19 programs, and we want them to be able to be NRW players and, and be looked after to have, mm. you know, certainty of employment, to have private health. You know, we want pregnancy policies. We want even just minimum standards across all the teams. There's, you know, we don't have minimum standards, um, you know, versus all NRLW clubs. So people are getting different experiences. Um, the relocation allowance um, needs to be looked at as well, needs to be improved. Um, development players, so we've had development players each year that don't get paid even though they come to, you know, just as many sessions, um, almost all the sessions as, you know, as the playing group um, and a part of it. And I guess every hour that they're at the club training with us is an hour that they can't go and get employment. Um, so it'd be great to get those players played as well. Do you do you feel that because the NRLW has come so far in the last four or five years, you're now in a position to make some demands um, rather than, you know, maybe a couple of years ago when you're in, when it was in its infancy, and I mean, it's still pretty early days, but do you feel as though that, you know, I personally think it's much, much stronger, the NRLW, than I thought it would be at this stage. Mm. So, yeah, there, there is a, there is a, you know, a possibility or, or some power there to the group that the NRL needs you just as much as um, you need the NRL. That be correct? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I've worked for a company for six years, one of one of really big companies in the world, actually. And you have to invest. You know, you, you invest a lot of money into things that you know you want to see grow and, and things that you think are going to go well. And we've already shown, um, you know, how well um, the product is received and you know how great the product is to watch. So in order to make that better, um, we need investment. So I don't think um, what we're asking for is too much to ask for at all um again it's, it's mainly around working conditions you know we're, we're not asking for a million dollar salaries 
we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we're certainly asking. We're certainly asking for you know basic um, rights in the workplace. I mean, well, most workplaces have that. I was about to say that everything you're asking for is afforded to most Australians who go to work every day. You're talking about some sort of work cover. So if you get injured in the workplace, you are covered and medically you'll be looked after. And a pregnancy policy. Every workplace in Australia has that for both mums and dads now. So why can't our NRLW players have this? It, yeah, I, I agree with you, Karina. You're not asking for much. Karina, most, most employees go to their bosses and ask for, I think the good negotiators ask for a bit more than they really want and then they come to some sort of agreement. Is there much room to move with, with your uh, negotiating, or the RLPAs negotiating on your behalf with the NRL, or are you real? Is it really you, you think you're not asking too much at all, and you're just you know hopeful um, that they'll come to the party with all conditions? Yeah, well, we're feeling hopeful and positive um, that we will get you know a good result um, with the working conditions that we're asking for. The NRL haven't been able to come to the party just yet. Um, but we are sticking to our guns because, as we just keep talking about, we, we don't think we're asking for too much. It's We think we're asking for minimum standards. Mm. So are you training? I mean, I heard that um, some players are even worried about training. And I think Ali Brigginshaw may have said that this morning. Just concerned that in case she has an accident, um, she's going to be unemployable, um, so to speak, because she hasn't got a, a contract. So are, are you training and most of the your, your team's training? Yeah, we all have gone back to NRL, uh, sorry to our local league clubs because in order to play State of Origin um, come June, July, we have to have the only selection games available because there's no NRLW until you know the second half of the year is um, our local league competition. Right. So if you want to play Origin, which is a way that you can earn money because um, those contracts, well, we, that's part of the CBA as well. You know, we want um, that contract money going up. But last year was great. With I think we made. $10,000 or $15,000, I think, for the game. Um, so, you know, that's big money, but you actually yeah. can't earn that at local league. And if you're playing local league, you're risking injury. Um, yeah, because if you get injured, you're not covered. Gee, you've got to get Gary Belcher to do your negotiations. You you managed to get yourself a poker machine when you were at the Raiders, didn't you, Badge? Yeah. So Lifetime. Like, so you, got it. you need his help. No, uh, you don't, because I got paid $250 <laughs> for my first Origin game. You're doing you much better. Too. Yeah, well done. <laughs> hey, Karina, before we let you... Oh, I think I... Sorry, no, sorry, actually, go. But... Uh, yeah, there you go. You would have been in a similar boat. <laughs> hey, Karina, <laughs> before before we let you go, um, is there is there word coming out of the NRL? Are they talking to the RLPA or is it just dead silence? No, they did come back to us um, a few days ago, but hasn't hit the mark yet, so... So RPA will be, you know, going back to them um, and, and see where that lands. But I guess the frustrating part is, is that the CBA, you know, we, we've known negotiations were going to come. Like it was a date. We knew this five years ago. And I don't know why we're still talk, like talking about it now. Well, the RLPA did reach out to NRL several times last year to get the ball rolling. And it just kept put off, get put off. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, now here we are. And I don't know if that was a tactic or not, but um, it's just, yeah, it's just causing so much anxiety to the group. And it's it's not fair because we are so passionate about the game. You know, we love the game. We we do everything that we can to always shine um, a good light I mean, on the NRL. And 
and on rugby league because we love it so much and we want girls to you know want to play and young boys to want to play the game so mm. it'd just be great for the NRL to to value us the way that we value ourselves as players and and the self-respect that this group has you know we would love them to respect us in the same way yeah well said Karina Mostly said yeah. very well said indeed good luck with it all we'd love to stay in touch uh you're welcome anytime on sports day thanks for your time tonight Thank you. See you guys. This is Off the Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off the Bench NRL. Monday, we catch up with the boys on the run home. It's the Professor and Barney with us tonight, Badge. I was yep. out at the deep water races. Now, that is, you, maybe you might know that because New South Wales listeners would know. It's just south of Tenderfield. And I was yeah, out at the deep water races for the one. I do it every year with a bunch of friends, and we stay out there on a farm. And it's just, it's just great. But um, have you ever? I was, we were talking about fi- epic fails at the country races. Last year, the starting gates wouldn't open, <laughs> and they delayed the first race for an hour in the hot sun. This year, oh. this year they opened for all but two horses. So <laughs> oh, the horse no. I backed was like thirty meters behind the rest, and he nearly caught up. But it's uh, good to see a handicap. <laughs> Someone, yes, someone's got. They got one job: fix the gates. What for happens next year? With that? What's the? Do they re-race it? Well, no. They, they, yeah, well, my wife said, "Won't they re-race?" I said, "I think the horses are a bit tight, honey." Okay. Um, they, they, someone said, "No, Yours no, they'll, have been. they'll call those." No, it came flashing home. The two that got caught late, they came flashing home into second and third, and they oh, said, wow. "Oh well, they'll, they'll do. They'll call those non-starters." And they went, "No, no, there won't be a complaint." From the owners, <laughs> because they actually get they get some money for coming second and third. So they went, no, yeah. that's all right, that's fine. So, so were the, the horses were on it. For unfortunately, a the uh, yeah, that's right. The punters that backed it for a win, like me, yeah. um, backed them for a win. So what happened? No, were they just too fat for the? Yeah, stalls I think they just got <laughs> probably a uh, bit of KY jelly down they, the side of the horse. Out you go. They're always fun, aren't they? The country they're race. Good. What are you blokes and, up to on the farm? What sort of thing? Are you like out and about on the farm? Well, he's are, you got, on, are you on tractors? He's, you? No, no. He's, uh, he's got a, uh, he's got sheep. We actually had to round up 170 sheep. He had them in a paddock. We had to yeah, round them yeah. up and put them on a where, truck. That's where you keep them. Yesterday. You, yes. <laughs> no, we had them in a, a small holding pen and we had to yeah, round right. them up and stick and get them on a truck. But I, Seriously, they, they jump and go at you. One of the mates got a, a ram, oh. got his shirt yeah. ripped. He got his good shirt Mate, ripped. Did you, did you keep one for yourself? Just put it to well, the side. My wife actually wanted to smuggle one home in the back of the ute. There you go. Mate, spice there, things up. There eh? is no dumber animal <laughs> than a shirt. I know. They'll take, I just said, I'll take my knees out. I'm not going too close yeah. to them. Yeah, and they're surprisingly quick too, sheep. You don't, don't they normally get dogs to do this? Badge, why are you out there running <laughs> yeah. around, rounding up sheep? He My actually, dog was tired. He's, he's, well, it's a long story, but no, he hasn't got any dogs at the moment on the farm. Oh, God. Oh, it's a bit oh, of a well, That doesn't sound like a happy story. No, I'm not going to go there. The other one was uh, overnight, boys. Uh, actually, Saturday night, Dave Warner uh, with his interaction with Ollie Davies. Oh. Did you hear this? Yeah, when he caught him champ. Yeah, mm. uh, uh, Gibbo was going to get a play that I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah he was. But Gibbo's, come on. Man. How are you, champion? Hey, don't champ me, mate. Don't champ me, mate. Um, what do you think on champ, oh. guys? You like champ? You dislike champ? No, oh, it's it's I better than nicely, I guess. But... It's you know the word I hate is flog. I hate it. Oh, you don't want people... to be called a flog. No, That's... but I still hate that term. I don't mind champ. What's what? Oh. What's wrong with it? 
Is it because it's coming from Dave Warner? Is, oh, you like don't like being called Flog. You just you, that's not a swipe Who? at Brandy on the breakfast show here. It's, uh... <laughs> so Dave Warner said it, did he? Yeah, he did, yeah, right. and it was in jest. Okay. Okay. Mate, he's forgotten his name. That's yeah. what's happened. He just couldn't remember all his oh, name. He's is, just going, oh, that, g'day, champ. But is, yeah, that's it's sort of, it's a bit of a good way to, for a little put down. Like, I don't even know who you are. Well, that's mm, what well, everyone's he, suggesting, yeah. right? Yeah. And he called mm. him Rockstar as well, which yeah. maybe because he's got the little moustache like Freddie Mercury. I'm not <laughs> sure. Or he just didn't know who he was. Is it is it a bit like when Wendell... Sailor was playing, I think he was playing for the Broncos and someone ran out and started to sledge him with one of his opposite wingers and he went, he said, can someone get me a program? I don't even know who this bloke is. <laughs> <laughs> Very good yeah, from nice. Wendell. It's probably Adam McDougall. He still wouldn't know Wendell, would he? Could have, yeah, no. Great rivalry. Great yes, rivalry. one of the great rivalries. Can you boys believe that no one in the history of Sydney Sixers has ever scored a, a century in the Big Bash before Steve Smith? It's crazy. Yeah. And, and if you pick the player who I would can. have done it, it team. wouldn't have been Steve Smith. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, but Jerry, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> hey, uh, let's talk some rugby league, boys. Um, now, USA uh, Rugby League, have, well, the Championship Rugby Ooh. League from the USA have offered to send players over so we can have a season if it if it did turn out that we were going to have industrial action. Now, I know, um, Badge, I know you're a no, Las Vegas Islander. I'm not band. even going to talk about this. <laughs> I'm not even going to give this any off. Well, can you no, answer this No, I'm just looking at you. We talked about it earlier. I can't give it any more oxygen. Just can't. Did, oh. you, did you ever play against the USA, Badge? Was there any... No. In any World Cups or Oh, I think, no, we didn't. They, they came out for, a, you know, the old sevens we used to play, the pre-season sevens. Oh, yeah. But I don't know. We didn't play against them. Oh, and they'd always just do got, that gag where they'd pretend they were throwing it forward. And, yeah, you know, and, it was and the whole so funny. Clap. Yeah, yeah, cracked me up every year. <laughs> but, Badge, you had that great trip for State of Origin, didn't you? Oh, we did, yeah. We played in oh. uh, in L.A. In LA yeah. Were you guys Were you sober at any stage? Um, the last three or four hours before the game, we... <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, it was, yeah, that was a great trip. That was a fu- very funny trip, actually. That's, that's that great. The fourth origin. Yes, that's, and that's yeah. that great game where Sterling got caught in the banner. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Right. We got to, yeah. He didn't sober up, at, I'm guessing. No, they actually took point. it, they took it seriously, or, or more seriously than us did the Blues, because the series was already wrapped up. Uh, had and, you already won it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two <laughs> one. <laughs> so we, uh, we had a great. Party, and then we realised about half time. We went in, and, and Wayne Bennett's the coach, and Wally's the captain, and they're just giving it to us. Not thinking, this is serious. <laughs> they would have beaten us by fifty if Rowdy Shearer didn't have a blinder that day. But um, yeah. So did was, they? Did they get the bickies? Did yeah, they had to win. Yeah. It, like seriously, the the it was just such a farce. It would have been mm, three five hundred people there maybe, and they said there was twelve thousand. That was the official crowd, and it, <laughs> a bit like the it was just it was just <laughs> yeah, a yeah. g up. Yeah. I think but, the Blues uh, are good at great dead fun. runners over the mm. years. Yeah. When Queensland was winning all those 11 in a row, whatever it was, we are very good at dead rubbers yeah, yeah. when they don't really matter. Well, I, when yeah, the I Blues guess, shine. I get it now they were more motivated than us. But the night before the game, we were in a, we were in a bar, Fatty and myself and Peter Jackson, Alf. There was about six or seven of us. And they're having this. Um, yeah, I don't know How'd you convince about... Alf to go for a drink? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he he was actually he was actually only I think twenty then or twenty. He might have just turned twenty once. So he he was just allowed in. But they had this uh, this uh, bodybuilding competition going on. Well, we're just sitting there having a drink. It was in our, it was in the place we were staying. And Fatty, they were, all these guys come out all oiled up and muscle. They've been out the back pumping iron. They were up there and their families and all these you know hundred people. They're all cheering for them and they're and we'd never seen anything like it. They're in their little speedos and. And then Fatty 
unbeknown to anyone else, he threw Alf's name in. So the line, then we've got one contestant to come from Australia, Alfie Langer. And Alf just looked like horrified. And then he went, righto, up he went. And he stripped oh, down, wow. took his shirt off and his jeans. And he had him rubbing them between his legs and he was flexing up. And it was that, it was that funny. And he got second place. He got 50 bucks and the locals were filthy. I thought they were going to rip his arms off. But that was the night before the game. So um, Amazing. Yeah, but, but we that... went to bed by two. And... Oh, that's okay. Yeah. It's a <laughs> night game. Which, it was a night game. Yeah. And you... Queensland time, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You get an extra hour. <laughs> you get an extra hour. Do you ever reflect on just how much you guys got away with because there were no phones back then? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I wiped the sweat from my brow every time I think about it. It was a different world, yeah. We weren't that Such, bad, but no, we talk it over. No. We pretend. Now, while we're talking about getting home at two a.m., uh, I've got written here tennis till four a.m. Oh. Tommy, is this? What do you think, boys? Oh. I mean, Andy tennis Murray. is boring at the best. See, of time. I've come up with a few <laughs> solutions, well, and, and it's Andy Murray as well. Uh. So, well, why not yeah. in the early rounds just play three sets, best of three instead of five in right. the men's? Right. Yeah, that's going to speed the game yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Uh, and instead of twenty-five seconds, you're allowed between points ten. Ooh. Oh, so Rafa's not going like to do that. all of the, the 23 bounces and the, and the yeah. scratch. And he's just going to go, bang, serve. Was anyone yeah. in the crowd till 4 a.m.? Seriously, you, there's no way that you would sit around till 4 a.m. watching a tennis game. Imagine, can you imagine Nick Kyrgios going off if he had to play till 4? Oh, oh mate. Oh. He'd be telling people to get back into his private, into his yeah. corporate box instead of get out. I guess the good thing with Kyrgios is he his games are fast. Either he wins quick or he loses quick. Yeah. Like, he doesn't really hang around for five. Like, Andy Murray, who's two sets down with a fake hip and then, you know, fights back. Whereas I think Nick would have gone, God, it's 11 That'll do me. I'm on the clock. Yeah. I'm done. I don't reckon Nick minds being up at 4 a.m. just quietly. <laughs> yeah, not yeah, not exactly. playing that's tennis, his, though. That's yeah. his time. He's changing into his dancing <laughs> shoes, though, at change of ends. So how do, what do we – do they just start earlier? Do they – Play less games during the Fewer day. That's, the, that's what Andy Murray suggested. And that's what they do at the US <laughs> Open. So they play two games – on centre court during the day, because well, part of the problem is all the games from across the day are running late and going into mm. the night session. So two on centre court, and then they'll be ready to start at six o'clock. There's too many players. Why don't they just have I'm top 32? Yeah, There's I agree. Outside of that, players. they're not going to win it. Start, yeah, with, start with the quarterfinals. <laughs> yes. Hey, why don't we just pick the top two players and they just play the final? Done. And that's it. And, Lewis. and it's that's just that, a tiebreaker. Yeah, One tiebreaker. That's right, oh. to 10. First to 10. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon. Welcome back. This is Off The Bench NRL. Time for a Racing Queensland update with Chris Nelson. Strike gold with the Golden Grey Summer Carnival. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Yes, and Sports Day's very own Lloyd Williams joins us. Strike goal with the Golden Greys Summer Carnival. How you doing, big time owner, Nelson? Uh, badge, Matt. Back badge, to winner. Matt, it's great to speak to you both, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a great day. It's a great day in the life of uh, first time winner. Yes. Uh, so know. you've had a, a metropolitan winner. What's the name of the horse? Yes. April in Augusta. And you named the horse, you've trained it, you uh, you fed it, you, you led it to the track, you drove it out to uh, to do it. You've done everything, we I've believe. I've done none of any of that. Oh, okay. Not, but a win's a win. You'll take uh, it. Yeah, a win is a win, Matt, and I'm more than happy. And, 
yeah, hopefully she can go on and win a couple more now. I was just happy to get one, now I want more. Is, Mate, that, is I, that your first one? I know you've been in the racing game for a long time. Is that your first uh, big winner or metropolitan winner? It's the only horse I've ever owned. Oh, there you oh, go. Wow. <laughs> the only horse I've ever had in his share in batch. So right. I'm one for one, which is so, pretty good. So, yeah. I've got yeah. three. I've got shares in three horses, and all three of them have won. And one won at 55 to one. The other one, another one, won at 32 to one. Um, oh, that's great! And I was gambling responsibly too, which was which was not good. I should have gambled irresponsibly so then, and it would have been great. You're going to let us know when your next horse. I will. I will. But <laughs> but tell, I want to know in the who in the syndicates the uh, the yes, golf fan. Please do. In the who's the, who's the golf fan in the syndicate? April and Augusta. It's all in the um, it's all in the breeding mat. It's oh. uh, the the sire is Spieth. Right, okay, ah, there you go. Same and the name of the sire is Spieth. The mayor so that's, is, where the, uh, is Jordan. that's where it came into it. The mayor yep. was uh, uh, Curry Webb. The mayor is a little prayer. Nice. A little prayer. There you go. <laughs> nice one. Righto. Um, yeah, so, racing this weekend. It's hotting up, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, it's always hot in Queensland, guys. And uh, we are racing, our feature meeting is at the Sunshine Coast on Saturday. It's the running of the Sunshine Coast Cup. We've got nine races there. It'll be a good day out. Uh, we also race on the uh, the cushion track or the poly track at Aquas Park Gold Coast. First meeting. First time. On yeah, the that's going to be uh, poly track there. So yeah, yeah. That's so exciting. Be exciting. Yeah. And yeah. Is and, that uh, sorry? Is that inside? Is that inside yeah. or outside of the main track that we normally watch? The poly. That's inside the main track. Right. Yeah, so it's a short the one. Track. They're doing lots of really sharp cornering over 200 metres for a lap. Yeah. Right. How do, how, yeah, I mean, it's, obviously it's been tested. I mean, how does how do the horses? Well, I mean, you can't, they can't answer. It's not Mr. Red, but, I mean, how do they respond to running on that track? Is it something that they train on regularly? It, it is. They, they do train a little bit on it, but it's funny you should ask that because we've got exactly the same track at the Sunshine Coast, and some horses just don't handle it. They don't like the kickback, right. uh, whereas the other, there's some others that absolutely love it, and they don't win any races unless they're on the, uh, on the poly track. So, yeah, as I say, it's very hard to tell. I mean, some horses, some days they'll lead all the way. Other days they'll get to the outside and run on. But I, I think I think the main thing is to just steer clear of the kickback because there's nothing like having sand thrown in your face. Nobody likes that. No, no. I know I certainly don't want to go to the beach. <laughs> what were you, Matt? Were you a wet tracker? Did you mind <laughs> fast no, tracks? No, I liked or... the fast track. I did too. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't big yeah. on the soggy, You're wet dirty. fields. Outside backs when they're yeah. kicking balls and it's <laughs> yeah. slippery and, yeah, yep. not much fun at all. <laughs> Righto. Have you got any tips for us before we let you go, Nelson? I have. I've got a couple here for you. I actually think there's a good thing at the Sunshine Coast on uh, on Saturday, Badge. I know you like a bet, Matty, you too. Yep. Uh, race three, number two, Sailor. I really don't know how they're going to beat this horse. So race three, number two, Sailor, the best. And one at a bit of value in the race before. Race two, number four, Tappy's Lad. Got beaten 34.8 lengths last start but it pulled up lame, so it can uh, it can certainly bounce back Ooh. this time around. Like Tappy's that. lad into Sailor, you Tappy's beauty. So have a great weekend as well, mate, and we will catch you next week on Sports Day. Look forward to it, guys. This is Off The Bench NRL. We'll be back soon.